Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Greetings. My name is Frank Moore, and I'm retired from the Global Ministry Center in Lenexa, Kansas. I was general editor for the Church of the Nazarene. This adult Sunday school video lesson is for December the 10th, 2023, and it is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and Nazarene Discipleship International. The Sunday School lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who, in turn, make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or your families. The title of today's lesson is The Never-Ending Kingdom. Our session outcome is to trust God enough to be open and obedient to his working through all of us in any way that he chooses. You'll also want to check out Illustrated Bible Life as it examines the angel Gabriel and provides a verse-by-verse -verse commentary on the scripture passage. Last week, we saw how, in silence, God can and does speak his word to our hearts. This week, we'll see God's intentions are often come to us in unexpected and sometimes surprising ways. Today's scripture lesson is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. You'll also want to listen to founderleader.com in the article out loud, the article, Who Was Gabriel? You might begin your session by asking this very, very simple question. Do you like surprises? Sometimes life can be more exciting as we live moment by moment, not knowing what might come next. And some people actually do like sudden change. I'm not one of those people. I, I find uncertainty brings me anxiety. I'm more comfortable with a routine, the routine that I have developed over the years. Yet God somehow brings peace to our heart when he comes to us with changes and surprises that throw our lives into different directions. I want you to stop and think for a minute about a time when God had, has done something surprising for you. There's your next question. How has God surprised you lately? And then question number three, why do you think God chooses to do things that are unexpected though people might not think that God would ever work in that way. Well, last week we studied about a birth announcement. This week we have another birth announcement, not to a priest and his wife, but to a young woman in Nazareth of Galilee. The first section of material is entitled A Troubling Greeting. Either you read or ask someone in your group to read Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 29. 
we see in this passage that even before the birth of John the Baptist, God now makes another surprising announcement that will change the world. The good news is that John is going to make the way, announce the birth and the ministry of Jesus. God sent Gabriel to Nazareth, verse 26, this little out-of-the-way town in Galilee, about 75 miles northeast of Jerusalem. Folks in Jerusalem considered Galilee to be very remote and uncultured. Nazareth was out of the way of all trading routes. And so very few people would think that the Messiah, their Messiah, their Savior, would come from the remote backward village of Nazareth. And what about Mary? Mary was just an ordinary, unimportant, according to the values of the world, young lady, young virgin, probably in her middle teens. She was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Joseph was a descendant of David. And that was very important because the Messiah was to come from the lineage of David that had been prophesied long, long ago. Well, marriage in that day started out with a betrothal that consisted of a very formal, written, witnessed contract. And then the groom paid the bridal price to the bride's father. And then about a year later, the marriage was finalized as the husband brought his wife home to begin married life together. So the time of betrothal was legally binding, and it required that both parties be mutually faithful to one another. And a violation of that was considered to be adultery. We read that in Deuteronomy chapter 22. And so in today's Bible lesson, we see that Mary was humble and she was faithful as she encountered this angel. She was obviously perplexed. She wondered what this greeting might mean, verse 29. But Mary knew that the promise of God's presence and his favor often came with a mission and a call to be obedient. And she would do that. She would make herself obedient and dependent upon God to do whatever he asked her to do. At the conclusion of this section, you might ask the following questions. How does the Nazareth visit compare to Gabriel's appearance to Zechariah in the temple? You might compare these two appearances by the angel. Question number five, considering her age and her humble background, why do you think Mary is the one that God chose for this incredible blessing, this incredible responsibility? And then ask, how might other people have viewed Mary and Joseph, those who looked on in the community from the outside? And the next question, why is it significant that Joseph is a descendant of David? And finally, what do you think Mary's reaction, her internal reaction was to Gabriel's arrival and his announcement?
Well, the second section of material is entitled An Amazing Announcement. Either you read or ask someone in your group to read Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 33. Gabriel told Mary that she would be giving birth to a son and that they were to name him Jesus, the Greek for Joshua. In Hebrew, it means the Lord is salvation because this child would save his people from their sins. The announcement had already come that Gabriel was going to be great in the eyes of the Lord, but that Jesus would be called the Son of the Most High, verse 32. His greatness would not only exceed John the Baptist's greatness, but the greatness of all the prophets throughout the Old Testament. He would be the embodiment of divine sonship. He would be the Word made flesh. He would be the image of the invisible God. He would be the radiance of God's glory. He would be the exact representation of God's very being itself. In other words, Jesus gives us a full color picture of God the Father. So, as the Son of the Most High, his reign will never end, verse 33. He is the fulfillment of all the promises of the coming Messiah who would come in the line of David. This promise was given to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 8 through 16. And there are numerous passages throughout the Old Testament. You might look some of these up with your group, like Psalm 89, verses 3 and 4, and 132. And like Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. And you might look at Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. Unlike the earthly reign of a king, Jesus is not limited by time. He's not limited by earthly boundaries. His kingdom is eternal. His kingdom is never ending. His salvation is not limited by any divisions culturally or language or religion of anything on earth that God has kept his promise to Israel that he would save his people from their sins and not just for the sins of the Israelites, but that redemption would be for all people who would put their trust in him for salvation, that he would give eternal life and membership in his eternal kingdom. So Gabriel gives Mary this very special message that will fulfill all prophecy and that will change the world. At the conclusion of this section, you might ask your group the following questions. Why is it significant that Gabriel tells Mary to not be afraid and that she has found favor with God? A very common expression from the angels when they appear to people, don't be afraid. Why? And then ask, do you think that this provided her any comfort and assurance as she waits to hear 
this surprising news. And then ask, what is the significance of Jesus's name? And then ask, how does Gabriel's description of Jesus compare and contrast to John the Baptist, who will come before and announce the life and the ministry and the salvation of Jesus? And then finally, from this section, ask, from what we know about this story in the gospel, in what ways does Jesus fulfill all these proclamations by the angel Gabriel? How does this come to life in the ministry of Jesus on this earth? Well, the third section is entitled, A Faithful Response. Either you read or ask someone in your group to read Luke chapter 1, verses 34 to 38. Mary does not doubt Gabriel's message, but of course she asks the obvious question of how this birth could come about seeing that she is a virgin. Quite, quite an obvious question, you'd think. Can you imagine her surprise as the angel announces that God will use his creative power to overshadow her? She doesn't know what that means, but that Jesus' birth will be unique. He will be the holy, sinless Son of God. Now, this does not suggest that Jesus somehow becomes the Son of God because it is not a natural conception, or that somehow natural conception is sinful or evil. It simply indicates that God is providing His Son to us to be our Savior on this earth in a very supernatural way, and this will testify to us that He is the Son of God. We will never understand this side of eternity, some of the mysteries of God. And this virgin conception is one of those mysteries that we accept by faith, but cannot reasonably explain. Now, remember that if Mary carries out God's will for her life, that it's going to have some very dire consequences. No doubt this runs through her mind she could possibly and probably will lose her reputation in the community. She very likely will lose her social standing. She might lose her relationship with Joseph. There is the potential for disgrace to both families. There will be this stigma on her that will go beyond the initial shock of the community that gossip may last for many, many years as people talk about her and Joseph behind their backs. But perhaps worst of all will be the burden that Mary carries as a mother who lovingly cares for her child and watches him grow up and then sees how he is mistreated and sees how people act around him and see how they plot his own death and see how they execute that. And Mary ponders these things in her heart, but no doubt as a mother would have suffered many broken-hearted experiences. So Mary is very humble, and she will trust God, and she will look to God as she responds obediently to his plan. 
She indicates here she is the Lord's servant. She's willing to accept whatever God has for her life, that she will embody what Jesus later teaches, and that is if you want to find your life, you must be willing to lose your life. And she certainly does that. So this ordinary teenager from a very small and despised community will now play a central role in God's story of salvation for humanity. Very surprising news for this young girl. She does not know how it will happen. She just knows that God will make it happen, that God can and will accomplish this in her life. She will do what the Lord asks her to do as she faithfully responds to him. At the conclusion of this section, ask these questions. What does Mary's reaction to the angel Gabriel say about her? And how might you have responded to the message that God brought to Mary, if he would have brought that message to you? And ask, would it have been difficult to believe and trust God with this extremely difficult situation to explain? And what do you think it took in Mary's heart for her to react the way she did? Well, no doubt. From that point on, Mary's life changed drastically. She was surrendered completely to God, and Jesus would transform our lives through her faithfulness as his grace is extended to us because she was obedient to God. We can't save our lives. Only God can save us through his grace and mercy by the power of the gospel message. So how has this news of Jesus changed your life? And you might ask, in what ways have you seen people respond to the message of Jesus' salvation for them? And why is it important for us to be fully surrendered in faith to God, just as Mary was? And how is she an example for us? And ask, what can Mary's response teach us about being faithful to God's commands and promises? I love that line where it says, she responded, I am the Lord's servant. She fully trusts. She fully believes. She fully obeys the Lord. What about this story then helps remind us that God will be faithful to us, even though we may not understand the full picture? And how does trusting in the Lord bring us peace of heart and mind? Well, after you've discussed these questions, it'll be time to close your session in prayer. I trust the Lord will bless you this week as you prepare and study for this passage of scripture. And I pray that it will guide you as you lead your group this week. Blessings on you. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. 